Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Brown Body Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. Today, I'm joined by Kelly Jeffries, who's an upcoming bodybuilder, and she's going to share her personal health and fitness journey with us today. Kelly's really just tried every avenue of fitness from hiking and running to CrossFit to powerlifting to bodybuilding. It's really something that she's done a little bit of everything with. And she's done it all while being enlisted in the United States Army. And she's going to talk a lot about the influence that being enlisted in the Army has had, the influence it's had on her overall health and fitness and her overall mindset and discipline. So before we get to this episode, here's a quick word from one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by CTM Band and CTM Recovery Products. These are the exact soft tissue recovery tools that I'm using on myself and with my patients day in and day out. CTM Band was founded by Dr. Kyle Bowling, a sports medicine practitioner who treats professional athletes, and he was a former guest on the Brawn Body Health and Fitness Podcast. You can check out his website at the link below and use the coupon code BRAWN10 to save 10% off your order from CTM Band. Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Really excited to have you on today. Thank you for having me. So for people who aren't familiar with your Instagram and your TikTok, Kelly Talks Fitness, would you mind kind of sharing a little bit about your backstory, background, and how you got into the health and fitness space? Yeah. Um, So I have a sports background, military background. Um, I was an endurance athlete, um, got into weightlifting. Um, So... I, I started an Instagram and a TikTok basically because I had so much fitness content that I was posting on my regular page just because it was a hobby. And I realized not all of my friends and family are as into fitness as I am. So I got the bright idea to just make a separate page. Um, and my personal trainer at the time was, um, tagging me in a lot of like stories and stuff and I would always be reposting them. So, I was like, I should just funnel this to a different um, page. And um, I looked into TikTok. I wasn't, I'm, I wasn't super into TikTok. I'm 29. Like, I don't think a lot of people our age are super into it. Um, but the younger generations are. And I found that it kind of blew up in my eyes. Um, I mean, for me, I had no idea that it was going to grow this fast. Um, for me personally, I really, I really didn't know what I was doing. But um, yeah, it, I started in December of last year, so 2021, and now we're in April, and I hit like 18, almost 18 and a half thousand right now on TikTok. Instagram's super uh, slow. I hit a thousand, <laughs> I think, this week. Um, and so I, I used to do um, like softball, volleyball growing up and high school sports, but then I kind of got out of shape. Um, but I basically, for my like fitness goals, I just wanted to be skinny. Like that was the thing that was cool was just to be skinny. So I started um, getting into running. Um, and then when I went into college, I did um, like some half marathons. And um, then I joined ROTC um, and got more into weightlifting that way. Um, started getting comfortable on the weight floor. It wasn't cool for girls to be muscular back then, but um, it was kind of necessary for um, basically because I was going into the army. (laughs) 
I just, but at the end of the day, like I still just wanted to be skinny, like toned was acceptable muscular. Not really. That's not really what I was after. Um, so, and then I got into CrossFit and I was around these women in their later late twenties and thirties um, who were in such good shape and they were so strong and they had insane endurance. And I was so blown away and I was like, wow, I could maybe grow into be like these women. Um, and I was super inspired. And then, um, but then I joined the army, shipped out to shipped out to Colorado and got into hiking mountains and endurance, like trail running and, and then did a rotation to Europe, um, where I just had like a basic gym, could only weight lift, um, not a lot of running there, um, came back. And then I got a torn ACL in 2018. Um, and then after that, it was kind of on the comeback and that's when I got more into weightlifting after that, um, got a coach, got another trainer, got another coach and then just bodybuilding, powerlifting. And then all the way up till now, that actually wasn't very brief at all. That was very long, but <laughs> I, it's <laughs> fitness is my life. <laughs> um, yeah. It certainly seems that way, Kelly. And it seems like you've tried every discipline of fitness in one way or the other, from the endurance end of things to the powerlifting, bodybuilding end of things to CrossFit and that kind of middle area that kind of does it all. I'm curious, along your traveling and along your different, I'll, I'll say like avenues of fitness that you've explored, has there been one thing that's kind of stuck home to you more than the others? So has like CrossFit or running really stuck with you more than weightlifting or vice versa? And what have you kind of been able to learn and take away from fitness as you've traveled around the U.S. and around the globe? I think the driving factor under it all is I just want to be strong. And that's a very broad, open word. But if I feel like I am overcoming something that's really hard and I have to be physically strong to do it, that is what's pushing me through. So it, I do, I have gone through, through phases and seasons. Um, there was a time where I was training to climb Pikes Peak in Colorado and there was a huge group of us and, um, we basically ran up this mountain and we had trained um, for like a couple of months leading up to that. And what was just like pushing me through it was like, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong. So I would say like the thing that sticks with me most is more like the feeling of, of pushing through. Um, and for me right now, I would say I, I definitely landed on bodybuilding. I think after all of the different I guess, disciplines of fitness that I've been involved in long-term. Uh, I definitely think bodybuilding has a place in my life, but I do think about um, the endurance world. I don't really put a lot of that on my page because it's not really the season that I'm in right now, but I definitely, I think I landed, I think I mostly landed on bodybuilding, I would say. It just feels like home. And you mentioned that you yourself are in the military and it's interesting that you feel so attached to the bodybuilding because I, I think back to the story of Arnold Schwarzenegger who was in the military himself 
and got right into bodybuilding while he was in the military. And then, of course, went on to become the legendary Arnold as we all know him today. So it's just kind of interesting that there's that parallel for you. And I've seen that parallel amongst other individuals who have that military background that I've talked with in the past. There's something about the, uh, I'll say, the sport of bodybuilding, the overloading effect of heavier weights and higher rep ranges and high volume and training frequency and all these different things to literally inflict as much muscular damage on yourself as possible and then try and recover so that you come back the next day stronger. There's something about that process that I think overlaps and parallels very well with the military. Yeah, I think there's a discipline and regimen I think bodybuilding and the military probably attract the same kind of people who thrive in that regimented um, schedule and also pain speakers (laughs) and endurance seekers, you know, the whole, I just want to see how far, how hard, how fast I can go. And I think at least for people who used to be in the military, that element kind of in your life it kind of goes away like you have to maintain it um i know there i know people who are retired who still wake up every morning and and go pt go physical training and um and a lot of people don't but it just depends on i don't know it's something that you used to do for so long i don't i don't think i it's really hard for me to take rest days i think like i thrive in a regimented um structure so yeah, I think that's why I've done well in the military and I, you know, do well going to the gym every day. <laughs> I haven't um, ever like competed in a bodybuilding competition because of the army though, I will say. Um, I know people who do, but the type of jobs I've had in the military are just very long hours and it, it's really, really hard to, to diet the way that you need to in order to get down to that uh, body fat percentage to be weak, really. And what I see is like, I would always tell people like, I don't want to do a bodybuilding show. I don't want to be weak. Like, I don't, I can't afford to be weak. I can't afford to like huff and puff walking upstairs, you know, even though that's only for like a very short period of time, like how many weeks are, you know, out from your competition, but I'm looking forward to, um, doing a show when I get out. That's one of my first goals that I have, um, when I get out of the military next year is to do a bodybuilding show definitely be watching for you to be posting about that. I'm very excited for you with that, Kelly. One of the things you mentioned before, and you you kind of just brought it up again while talking about bodybuilding is that there was a time in your fitness journey where you were very focused on the slimming effect of fitness. You just wanted to be smaller. And with bodybuilding, there is a phase where you have to cut down and try and get as shredded as lean as possible to make the muscle definition more clear underneath the lights on the stage. So I'm curious how you felt that kind of effect of I'm just doing this to be more slim. How did that shift or change or adapt or what thing led you to go from that mindset to where you are right now? Because I've seen and met a lot of people who get into fitness with that same thought process. Yeah. So I think it's, it's also the era that we live in. Um, so I graduated high school in 2011 and that was just coming off of like what I call the Paris Hilton era, which is (laughs) we were supposed to be skinny. Like, I don't know, as 
women, um, that was the messaging. And, you know, you flip through a magazine or you would see like, who were the celebrities, the celebrities of the time, at least in the, the culture, the influences that I was around, I, I won't speak for everyone, but um, I definitely felt like it was messaged to me that I needed to be skinny to be pretty or attractive or whatever. So, um, so that had a lot to do, to do with food and so does bodybuilding. Bodybuilding also has a lot to do with food. Um, I will say I had a lot of issues with um, like binge eating and over restricting when I was younger, turned into like binge drinking. And, you know, there's a whole lot of like other tangents with that. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't as healthy. Like I would run miles to make up for eating. And now in bodybuilding, I eat so that I can work out. I eat so much food <laughs> so that I have energy to run those miles on my body, I guess. I don't really run that much anymore. But um, now I will say with, in, with eating in general, like I'm an intuitive eater. I don't, um, I don't diet. I've tried every type of diet under the sun. Um, I'll say like, when I do a show, I know that I'm going to have to follow a very specific diet. And I think, I think at this point I'll be, I'll be in a better place mentally for it because it has a purpose. Um, and you know that it's only for a short period of time, you know, you are like starving yourself in some ways, uh, you are definitely restricting and there's a huge mental component to that. And there's a lot of you know, body dysmorphia and you can go off on all kinds of issues there. But um, yeah, I'm just going to have to follow a, a plan that's laid out for me by somebody else. <laughs> like, I won't be able to write but, for sure. For sure. Bodybuilding is definitely a bit of an art for lack of a better way to put it. And the, the thing is you can't rebuild or remake or reshape yourself without a little bit of pain in the process because in this sport, you're both the marble and the sculptor at the same time. And I think that a lot of people, they, they get lost in this concept of pain and hurt versus harm. And this is something I talk about almost every day with my background in physical therapy, because a lot of people come in expecting me to fix their pain and leave in more pain than they came in with. And they don't realize that sometimes you have to exercise, you have to push yourself and you have to load in order to get the changes that you want to see. And very, I'll say a lot of people that I've worked with are not used to that kind of soreness or muscle burning or just overall feeling. And it really mm -hmm. catches them off guard. If you put yourself mentally in the head of like Lance Armstrong, in the last two miles of a bike race, I guarantee you his legs are on fire. His lungs are screaming for air. And yet mentally, he's still got it in himself that he has to keep going. You have a military background, and I'm guaranteeing that there's been at least some point in your military training. If not for you, then maybe in someone in like Army Ranger School or doing like Seal Fit uh, Hell Week or something like that where they have been pushed to the point where they thought they were going to break. And, and that's the goal of those weeks is to put you into those states of mind, push you so hard that you're physically falling apart. And the only thing that will continue to push you forward is your mental mindset. 
And we in general just forget that it's okay to have that kind of feeling, those kind of painful moments, because that's what propels us forward in life. You know, it's not being comfortable that moves the needle of life forward, but getting into those uncomfortable zones and getting into those painful moments and painful situations, that's where you separate the good from the great, I'll say. I, I mean, you're making me think of like, you know, obviously David Goggins, some of those, yeah, ex-military um, people who talk about pushing through and digging into the pain. And I can say anytime I feel like comfortable, I start getting antsy. Um, and I think like there was, <laughs> there was one summer where I had to um, do some ROTC training and um, it was just your typical like military boot camp style and you're just uncomfortable time you're just always you're waking up early you're not sleeping much you're always moving you know and um and after that I had a second space of training where where I was sleeping on like a normal bed in like a normal room and um not going to the field and I was uh training with a unit but I was like a guest called TDY I was like TDY and the kind of the contradiction of like the field army where you're just like sweating all hours of the day, dirty all hours of the day, sleeping on the ground, sleeping. we like literally slept on the dirt ground and just like, I won't go into like the details, but you're just really out there. Um, and then, <laughs> and I'm like, not in, I'm not like, you know, I didn't go through ranger school or anything like that. So I'm talking like just, ROTC training and um and also throughout the year in college too we'd go to the field um and we'd sleep outside and um do like land navigation and we do um tactical training which we called um six or uh, squad tactical exercise or um platoon um training and you're just going through doing like basic infantry tactics in the woods and and just getting like really I don't know how to explain it but you're in the elements right and then anyways juxtaposed to I had this other training after for a month where I got to shadow a um a platoon where I like learned about being a platoon leader and whatnot and but I was literally staying in a hotel for a month and so I would go to work with them every day and I that's when I learned that being uncomfortable was actually way more rewarding than being comfortable and I started getting antsy because I'm like why am I sleeping in a hotel every night like this is I mean it was an army hotel it's not like a hotel hotel but I was like this is too comfy. Like the, the bed, the fact that it was like these white pillows and this white comforter. And I still remember like the even visual of the difference. Like a month ago, I was sleeping on the floor, getting rained out in like lightning storms with like in the middle of freaking Fort Knox, Kentucky. And it was, it sucked. Like, and realizing that like, I actually wanted, I, I actually preferred the experience of like being out in the field which I don't know maybe it's maybe that's dumb I would say like maybe if I was out there I'd be like no I would definitely want to be in the hotel bed but like looking back which one am I more grateful for freaking being out in the field like you see like oh yeah I can I can endure yeah really. you, find, you find out what you're made of and when you push yourself through those challenges and you endure them that sparks a whole new realm of mental confidence and physical energy of okay what else can I do what's the next challenge I can do what else am I capable of what else am I 
holding myself back from that I could do more with. And yeah. that's one of the most transformative effects in my mind about fitness, because fitness, you have to put your time in, right? It's, it's trench work. If you don't show up and put in a valiant effort day in and day out, you're not going to look or lift or get as strong as you want to be. It's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it creates this delayed gratification in that you can't have the results that you want instantly. You have to continue to show up day in and day out over and over and over again. And again, that goes back right to your military parallel here, because the first time you and your squadron started doing a exercise or a drill, you probably sucked at it, just putting it bluntly. But after you did that same thing, dozens and dozens and dozens of times, you could probably do it without thinking about it. Everyone was oh, yeah. thinking unison. And that just repeated repetition day in and day out created something stronger and more resilient than what you had at, uh, at first. Yeah, that first experience, that summer camp that I went to, that was like, okay, my first like month of just straight army training. You know, I was in college and having that realization of um, that follow on training afterwards where I was in a hotel for a month, that was the first time I think in my life where I realized I prefer being uncomfortable. And you're right, after uh, every single time I had field time after that, I was like, whatever, like, I don't know, just mentally there was a shift of like, okay, we're going to the field, cool. Like, it's gonna suck. <laughs> you know, there were times in, in Colorado where we were out there and it's like six degrees with like 20 mile an hour winds. And you're just like, like you said, it's kind of becomes like muscle memory. You're like, okay, this sucks. I never got sent to a combat zone or anything, but I did um, get sent to Europe. We're doing a ton of convoys. And again, like with the sleep deprivation, like a lot of our convoys would start at midnight and then we'd drive for like, I don't know how many hours, but we wouldn't, uh, it, it would go through the day and you just, you start realizing that like pain is a construct time feels like a construct food feels like a construct like I don't like it, it just all um is kind of interchangeable I don't know how to explain it but um to be honest about like life that's probably what the military did to me it's just like yeah you can throw me anywhere and I'll I'll figure out how to survive and before I think I just didn't have that kind of um mental toughness I guess if you will um until I was like uh realized like having that uncomfort uncomfortable experience right after having comfortable experience being like the comfortable experience is what I like I, I've been comfortable my whole life I guess in the sense of like I've always had a roof over my head always had a bed to sleep in and then um start putting yourself in situations where you're not you mentioned a few interesting things in there, and one was that time really becomes a little bit of a construct, right? And th this whole thing that we measure, you know, our, our days in time is really something that we, I, I don't think, have a great grasp or understanding on, because if we spend one minute on our phones, it feels like time moves quick. But if you spend one minute in a wall squat, it feels like time moves painfully slow. And we often forget that time can be compared um, in a, I'll say in a way of life. So for example, if it takes 
the average person 30 years to save up enough money to fly to Hawaii and take a two-week vacation in Hawaii, and it takes you two years to do that same thing, then you are living literally 15 times faster than someone else. You could do the same thing that takes them 30 years to do once. You could do that 15 times before they Mm -hmm. even do it once. So it's almost like that some people are living life faster than other individuals. And I think that really to fitness through, again, the importance of staying, I'll say, patient with the process and Mm -hmm. understanding that that progress you see is never linear. Same Mm -hmm. thing in the military, how some days probably went super quick for you, like those days in the hotel. And some days probably went painfully slow. And at the end of the day, each day was the same amount of time. It's just that the construct behind it was slightly different. Yeah, I think about that um, even with social media. And this is like maybe weird, but um, the whole just on the like content creator side, like there it's advised that um, if you want to do well on TikTok, you have to make like three TikToks a day. You have to like publish them three times a day and um, four months or so, however long it's been, it's felt like kind of like an eternity. And then at the same time, it felt like, oh my gosh, like I literally just started doing this. And um, if I miss a day and I don't post, it's like, I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not getting that day back. And I don't know, this might only relate to people who like actually create content, but I feel like, oh my gosh, I lost the whole day. Like if I didn't publish something, a whole 24 hours went by. Like, I like, I know that like, I'm not like keeping up or, or doing what I'm supposed to do this plan that I've put into place. But yeah, I, I totally, I totally get that. I mean, running races is like probably a similar thing. Like when I used to run half marathons and stuff, be like, wow, I could have slept in this whole morning or I could just like run this whole race instead. And (laughs) yeah. And yet while you're running, you're just like, wait a second, how has it only been 10 minutes? Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm running so fast. I'm running so slow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like it becomes a mental game again with running and even just keeping an online fitness presence, a lot of it becomes your own mindset and mentality through it. In running, you have the physical suck that comes with it. With social media, you get the mental suck, I'll say, uh, because we all get those creepy comments or messages or something like that every now and then. Do you really think, like, because I get DMs, obviously, like, you know, every, I don't think, like, if you're a girl or a guy or anybody, if you are any, on a social media platform and you are putting yourself out, somebody's going to DM you and be like, want to date? And it's like, do you really think I'm going to say yes? Like, I don't know anything about you. I don't, I don't even know what state you live in. And like, I am definitely, this is not a dating site. Like Instagram is not a dating site. Neither is TikTok, but I don't know. I guess people think that they're going to shoot their shot or something. I don't know, <laughs> but that is funny that, yeah, you get, you get those DMs and you're like, ugh. Sometimes I'm not totally over it yet of like negative comments too. Um, I feel like I have to check every day just to make sure there's nothing insane commented um, on you know one of my videos because 
um, there have been like either like racist comments or um, super sexist comments or there's just been some really like vulgar stuff every now and again commented and I will like delete those and so I feel like I always have to check and that's why like I don't uh, I don't really let a day go by where I like I'm not checking social media which is like kind of I guess this is the life I sign up for now but yeah you just get a lot of unwanted contact from people in a sense but it's also like this is the game you gotta play the game it's what you sign up for so yeah deal with it I, I've talked with people in the past about the types of individuals who leave those comments or messages on other people's social profiles because usually at least in my experience they are typically accounts with very few followers often don't even have any pictures up or anything like that completely random username like it's just somebody hiding behind this like ghost account and to me that says a lot about someone who's not even willing to show their face when they say things right to me it's the kind of thing that you know they wouldn't say it in person but they'll say it online where they can hide out behind a keyboard and a screen right so I, I really think that as a like bigger picture here we, we need to kind of give ourselves the reality check when it comes to fitness of would we say this to someone in, you know, in person, face to face. And if we would, then, hey, post it on social media. Tell someone they're killing it. Tell someone they're doing great. But mm-hmm. don't waste time trying to tear someone else down. Because at the end of the yeah. day, all those meaningless arguments and conversations that take so much time and energy from people are nothing, nothing comes from them, right? If I comment on someone's, uh, you know, sumo deadlift video, and I tell them, oh, you know, why aren't you pulling conventional or something like that? Like, what good is going to come of that one? And two, we end up arguing over what I call the sand in the jar instead of the rocks in the jar. Shout out to Eric Diagati for the analogy. We, We argue over the things that are meaningless and take up such little space in the grand scheme of things. When in reality, we should be focusing on the bigger things, the rocks in the jar, not the sand. So instead of focusing on, you know, heck, like hex bar versus regular deadlift or conventional versus sumo, maybe we just talk about how to get more people to deadlift in the first place, because there's a mm-hmm. lot of Americans who haven't stepped foot in the gym in a long time. And that would probably be a great place for them to start. Yeah, I think. Um, part of the reason I am very conscious of the comments that I get is because I know that other people are reading them, especially gym newcomers, especially people who may not have stepped in the gym for a long time, or maybe their algorithm is giving them a lot of fitness content because they're thinking about going back to the gym and they've started researching. Now the algorithm's picking up on that. And I've seen on a lot of particularly girls who are just starting pages or don't have like a ton of followers, whatever a ton means, but um, (laughs) people just feel like they can comment more. And I'm not even speaking for myself. I mean, I've obviously gotten my fair share, but other, I follow a lot of girls on in in the fitness world um, on TikTok and Instagram, the comments that I read, I'm like, wow, like she's getting that comment and she looks great. And like, or, or she's like so strong. Like there's this one girl, um, Lindsay loves to lift and she's like so strong. And I've always looked up to her and sometimes the comments I see on her page, I'm just like, first of all, I can't believe that 
like for me as a creator, I know what it's like to read comments and to be like, yeah, okay, whatever, like pay no mind. But you remember them too sometimes, like in the back of your head. I just think about the newcomers that see that they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to step into a gym and everyone's going to judge me the way that that person that was commenting, you know, that's what everybody must be thinking, you know, when I walk into a gym or I think um, it can be really intimidating to walk into a gym. And if you're only exposed to gym culture or gym life via Instagram, via TikTok, and you see those comments, I think you're going to be less likely to walk into a gym. And that's why I try to gear a lot of my content into showing people that for the most part, you're going to be welcomed. For the most part, people are decent. For the most part, there are a lot of ex-athletes that are teamwork minded, team mentality minded. Um, A lot of people are are seeing you in there and they're, they're happy for you. And if you're doing something wrong, like they probably want to help you. Like there's, there's like so much weird, like egoism, I think in fitness, especially online fitness that, that is portrayed on social media. But um, in reality, in real life, when you walk into a gym and you see somebody lifting heavy and, um, or you see somebody just in general, like coming in every day and you start seeing their, their body composition change and you start you see those same people every day and you're like, dang, they're doing so well. Like you're like cheering each other on, even if you never talk. And that's what I want. Like, that's what I want people to see, like what actually goes on inside of a gym. And I, I think you bring up a great point that unless you've been in a gym before, you don't know what you're walking into. You don't know what to expect. And even if you've been to a gym before, the overall environment and culture and atmosphere can be very different from gym to gym right like there was one gym I went to in college uh where I'm pretty sure the door was almost always unlocked and um me and the guy who uh owned the gym got along really well uh you know we would talk about things we probably shouldn't talk about right in the middle of the gym floor like politics uh really loud and it it was just a, a very different kind of environment than Um, when I went to like some big box gyms in Maryland, because that's what they had, you know, I'd walk in and it was just very different. You know, I didn't know anyone, they didn't know me. There wasn't the same kind of like, you know, just casual conversation, that kind of thing. Right. The gym culture totally depends on, I think the owner, um, and the size of the gym. Um, because yeah, I, I trained at just a regular old golds for a while and, um, I got to know some people, but, um, I moved to Richmond and I started going to an independent, like locally owned small business type gym, small gym. Um, they're expanding a lot right now, but, uh, the community aspect was just unreal because you see the same people in there every day and the gym owner, cared about the culture and he talked to everyone and he was there every day and everyone kind of has become like a family rba iron in richmond virginia and uh and that's uh it actually kind of reminded me back to my crossfit days because um i used to go to this crossfit gym in orlando that was very much community uh minded and they're all about like their members um you know we just would have like all kinds of different like in-house competitions and uh, people would bring food and so you become friends outside of the gym too and I was like that uh, CrossFit East Orange in Orlando I was in college at the time but again a lot of the like 
late 20s, early 30s uh, people, <laughs> a lot of them are friends outside the gym. Like they go and like go to each other's houses. Their kids became friends. Like it really became a community that was born out of the gym, which was amazing. And yeah, you could have all kinds of conversations with people and you learn about who they are like outside of the gym. And it's cool. I think it it's growing too. I think a lot more gyms are starting to realize that that's how you um, just create good community you keep those members too like people want to come back people want to come every day to the gym I don't have to be individually motivated to go to the gym every day if I have this great community that I'm like hey I'm gonna walk through those doors I'm gonna see my friends and then we're gonna work hard and it's almost reminiscent of like when you used to be on a sports team and go to practice every day and um I think I don't know at least smaller gyms are um they have that capability commercial gyms not as much Sounds like you had one of those smaller yeah, gym. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'll also add in, it's funny you brought up the CrossFit piece because I went to one CrossFit gym last summer. Uh, I think it was May 2021 on Memorial Day for a Murph. And I have, I think, two dozen pictures on my phone of me posing with complete strangers. And um, I, I remember the one guy's name, John uh, Hastavec, been trying to get him on a podcast episode for a while now. But it, it's just crazy to me to look back at like the overall like, you know, bro mindset or bro mentality or whatever it is that way that uh, came with that gym. Because like, I was like, I'm from freaking Pennsylvania. Like I am not native to Arizona. The heat was kicking my rear end. And, you know, we were, all in it together, I guess. Some of the other gyms that I was at while I was out there, like same thing, like the amount of connections I was able to make just at gyms from people who, you know, they were like, hey, I like what you're doing. Or, you know, they were open and confident enough to come up and talk to someone. Um, I, I think that really speaks volumes compared to um, the gym I was at in Maryland was called Fitness 19. Uh, it seemed more corporate, like, like big box, but I'd never really heard of them before that they, they were very much closed off. The only actual conversation I had outside of like, you know, are you using this or can I get a spot or that kind of stuff with anyone was one personal trainer kept coming up to me and trying to sell me personal training packages. And I found it ironic because I'm a personal trainer myself and I didn't really know how to take that. Um, I was like, is this like a, you know, sales tactic here, if they keep coming, eventually people will buy, or is this like an insult to me? Or like, what, what, what is this trying to tell me, you know, and there, there's been a lot of other interactions like that, that I've had at similar gyms that just don't sit right with me, you know, I don't feel like you should ever try and push that kind of stuff on people. I think it's good to let people know that you are available to help, but that doesn't mean that you stop them like three or four times a week and say, hey, you want to sign up for personal training? Right. I think that's where uh, commercial gyms get it wrong. It's getting people to sign up, getting new members to sign up and then getting them into personal training. And there's this whole like rinse and repeat. And, and the problem is they have to go for quantity because their membership rates are low. And so they just have to bring in as many people as they can. Whereas um, in that uh, my home gym, RVA Iron, the owner talks about this a lot. He's like, Hey, our membership rates are more expensive, but I guarantee you, you're going to want to come back to the gym every day. And no one's going to have to sell you on anything because it sells itself. And 
the the members sell the gym itself like I don't get paid by RVA iron a lot but I can't shut up about it and I will like walk into a place and somebody <laughs> this has happened multiple times where like I'll walk into a place like uh I was getting massage and I was talking to the girls at the desk and they were like oh wow you're like so like cut like you look so good like and I was like yeah I train at RVA iron you should come like you should come sign up like it's such a great gym you know and I'm not working for them like I just really believe in the community and the gym and so when you can create that kind of culture where um it's it's like member driven and it's not just money driven like the money's gonna come um but I don't know I think like Brandon uh his name is Brandon Garner the owner well and Bobby the other owner they just really uh led with that vision and it's it's proven that like yeah people will come they're going to come back and then they're going to bring their friends and then it's just like this is community that everyone wants to be part of um you don't have to sell anybody anything I didn't even know that they were training or that people were taking trainers and then I finally saw somebody mentioned it and I was like wait wait me I want to I want to train <laughs> and then that like you know like oh gosh I didn't know anyone was trained because it just wasn't like uh pushed it's like leading by attraction okay. and you never know who you'll meet at the gym either when you go right. and get in a positive environment right there's been people we've worked with in the past on the podcast who have told me they've met their boyfriend fiance possibly even husband wife whatever it is at the gym so you mm. never know you might just find your swole mate I've made some of my best my best friends at the gym. I've made whole videos about some of my friends at the gym. And that literally started from, hey, I really like that exercise you're doing. Like, what is that? Can you show me like what you're doing or what that works out? Like my friend, Sarah. And then she was like, oh yeah. She's like, you know, you're really like consistent at the gym. I see you in here a lot. Like uh, we should work out together sometime. And like, from there, it was just starts as this like low key kind of, you know, you start acknowledging people, you see them in the gym every day, head nods, graduates to like a conversation here or there, maybe. And then like, oh, hey, we should live together sometimes. And like, literally, I have gotten actual, like, genuine friendships out of the gym that now, like, I'll, I like hang out with them all the time, like in or out of the gym. And yeah, you never know who you're going to meet and, and how much those people will impact your life and I know that's a unique experience and those are unique gyms that can foster that kind of culture well Kelly this has been an amazing episode and we've covered so much about the gym about fitness about life and your own journey as it relates to health and fitness is there any closing thoughts or closing remarks or anything else that you want to share with people um I would just say if you're thinking about doing something do it and stop waiting um whether that's getting back to the gym or starting a podcast or starting a TikTok account. And if there feels like there's risk with it, do it. If it feels like there's fear behind something, do it. And just like, don't wait, stop waiting. You don't have time. We did talk about time being construct. You don't have time. Like, you know what you gotta do. <laughs> so it pays off. It's been really great doing the things that I'm afraid of. <laughs> What's the next thing that you're going to be doing that you're afraid of? Oh gosh, afraid of not doing a bodybuilding competition for real. <laughs> <laughs> a 
I'm not letting that fear get in my my head yet, but I, I definitely know that it's it's a little bit it's gonna be hard. Yeah. <laughs> Some something about the concept of standing up on stage in the lights while a bunch of people are judging you based on your body. I, I don't know how to pose yet. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of things I have to learn. So yeah, that's gonna be that's yeah, the next challenge. Little fear, little fear there, but it'll be worth it. For sure, for sure. And like you said, you don't like being comfortable. I don't. <laughs> Where can people find out more about you on social media and that sort of thing, Kelly? I am at Kelly Talks Fitness on all platforms, K-E-L-L-Y. Kelly, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you again for your time yeah. and looking forward to working with you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brown Body Health and Fitness Podcast. If you liked this episode, please make sure to share it with a friend, subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes, and leave a review. This way we can spread knowledge and motivation and help reach more people. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.